This man, he's a eunuch. He's of the Ethiopians. He is not a Jew. He is a Gentile. He is not a follower of God. But there's some purposefulness in his life that leads us to understand following God is exactly what he was trying to do, but he needed someone to help him to understand. You see, in our text, we get very clear understanding that a man in pursuit of God will take time to seek God. I wonder if you would underline that in your notes. That person will take time to seek God. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Uh, the world, in your notes, I, I, I'm starting a new series today, though next week is Memorial Day. It's a long weekend, so hopefully everybody has a great time, but we have a bunch of folks still in church. Uh, we're going to have a pause in the middle of this series. But I really, I really sense the Lord say, you need to get people to purposefully pursue me. Too many times in the house of God, in the church of Jesus Christ, we're not pursuing God. We, we, we go through our, our stuff, our church stuff, but we really aren't pursuing God. And this morning I want to talk about that a little bit. A.W. Tozier in a a wonderful book called In Pursuit of God, made this statement. He said, the world is perishing for the lack of knowledge of God. And the church is famishing for want of his presence. Many in the society and the hour that we live are clouded over with their present religious condition. A lot of times what we call Christianity could be better defined as just religious. We, we, know the, we know the phrases. We know the terminologies. I was talking on Wednesday night, and I, and I said one of the most difficult people that I deal with are the very spiritual people because generally it's a religious spirit more so than a godly spirit. And I don't say that negatively. It doesn't mean that somebody can't be very spiritual and be of God they very well can be. I've just met very few because we get into this, what I call churchianity mode. And we know the things to say. How many have people walk up and you know their, their lives, you sit back and we're not judges, but we are fruit inspectors. 
If they call themselves Christian and they're not living a Christian life, God says you'll know them by their fruits. And praise the Lord is their vernacular. Glory, hallelujah, is always on the tip of their tongue. They got the great words, but it's like Jesus said, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts someplace else. Can I, as you all know, I'm a very straightforward pastor. I think that's one of the things you appreciate about me. Too many times, that's what the church of Jesus Christ has become. And this present religious condition has clouded us over. Yet the spirit, time and time again, will blow those clouds away and reveal our condition. That we are just kind of walking the walk, with, or talking the talk without walking the walk. And it's this apathy that we allow to cloud that allows this cloud to drift right back over our lives. This is why it's imperative that we become a people in pursuit of he who is in pursuit of me. In the church, our pursuit, if any, is made, becomes little more than the aimless stumble all the time (laughs) convincing in ourselves that God knows where we are And he allows it and he tolerates it in our lack of commitment. But let me share that this this, this seducing haze, and I'm going to use a little play on words, but it's this seducing haze that covers the sun from shining through in our lives. It's It's this religiosity that says everything's okay when everything is not okay. And if you're here today, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going through the motions, but yet I find, I find myself so, so dry. I find myself so just going through the motions. God's word is called a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. But I think sometimes when God's lamp comes on, Many of us try to scurry off the path because we don't want him to see exactly what's happening. Am I making any sense today? Think about it. All the examples he has given us throughout his word on how to walk out of this mist of religiosity or this religious security into the marvelous light of relational purity And I'm going to give us just a very simple outline that I think will help us to begin to be in pursuit of he who ultimately is in pursuit of me. Acts chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, I'm reading out the New King James Version, uh, but you can follow along in whichever version you have. Acts chapter 8. And when they had preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down to Jerusalem into Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, 
of great authority under Queen Candace of the Ethiopians, who had charge over all her treasury. This eunuch had charge over all of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning back to Ethiopia. Sitting in the chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I understand unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come sit with him. Now think about this, a very powerful Man of authority asked this guy who they don't have a clue who it is. Because God's doing something here. Let me look at me for a second. God will always make a way for you to find a way if you're looking for the way. He will always make a way if you're looking for it. I've had many people over the years as, as a pastor, and as all of you know, I've been doing this over 30 years. And as a pastor, I've I've had many people say, well, pastor, I just, I just can't find the Lord. I just can't find the way. And then after a short amount of time talking to them, I find that they're really not looking because the Lord said, seek me and I will be found. If you seek with all your heart, if you pursue, there's nobody on this earth wants to be found more than God. Let's continue on here. He asked Philip to come sit with him. And the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened his mouth, opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. Who will declare his generation? His life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip, And said, I ask, who does the prophet speak of, himself or someone else? And so Philip opened his mouth and began at that scripture to preach Jesus. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, so here's some water. What hinders me from being baptized? What has happened is between the time that Philip began to declare, the eunuch had given his life to Christ. And one of the requisites not of salvation, but one of the things that you do right after salvation or as much as you can is you get water baptized. We're going to have another water baptism here shortly. If you have interest in water baptism, we have a sign-up sheet in the back. We want you to be a part of it or come see myself, and we'll get you signed up so we can baptize you. Uh, He said, here's water. What Philip has done is said he's accepted Christ, and now he needs to get baptized. So the eunuch says, hey, what am I waiting for? Here's water. What stops us? And Philip said, nothing. So they went down. They went to the water. They baptized him. They came up out of this water, and the spirit caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he was on, went his way rejoicing. And Philip was found at uh, Azotus, and passing through, he preached to all the cities of Caesarea. What we have pictured here just very simply, is a man in pursuit of God. This man, he's a eunuch. He's of the Ethiopians. He is not a Jew. He is a Gentile. 
He is not a follower of God, but there's some purposefulness in his life that leads us to understand following God is exactly what he was trying to do, but he needed someone to help him to understand. You see, in our text, we get very clear understanding that a man in pursuit of God will take time to seek God. I wonder if you would underline that in your notes. That person will take time to seek God. The man was only known as the eunuch under Queen Candace, her personal court official, the highest position in the land to, to protect everything. And the story finds him leaving Jerusalem. Presumably he was there to buy diamonds or precious stones or barter or trade or whatever the reason. But there was something deeper in this man's heart. He made the trip to Jerusalem to worship. He was in pursuit He knew his job. He knew his vocation. He knew his responsibility. And he said, I'm going to take care of business. But I'm going to get past the busyness. And I'm going to get down to the business of this eternal issue going on in my life. There was a spiritual excitement at the time in the city of Jerusalem. And this man had purposely taken time to seek God. Not only in Jerusalem amidst the rejoicing... But after he left Jerusalem, he is alone on the desert road. This is a picture of a guy that's not going through the motions. He's not there just at the temple or or there someplace worshiping so everybody could see him. When he was alone in his chariot, just cruising down the road, the Bible says he had his face buried in the Bible. That's a whole sermon right there. How many of us, is this the only Bible reading we get? Sunday morning. Is this the only time that we share together? A man in pursuit of God will take time to seek God. Years ago, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a, an amazing revival happening in a little town of Pensacola, Florida. How many heard about it? The Pensacola Revival, just a tremendous move of God. And there were thousands upon thousands that took time to seek God, to be purposely there. They came from all over the world. Yet there was multitudes probably in the shadow of the steeple that never even crossed the threshold of the church. Charles Finney made a very powerful statement I left in your notes. A revival will cease when people think they cannot afford sufficient time from their worldly employment, ventures, commitment to carry on that revival. Look at me. I was just talking to Liv this morning, just a minute, and just talking about how how consuming life has become. How many can say amen? Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I've been doing this for a while, this life thing, you know? 
And it seems like the closer we get to the Lord's return, the more chaotic life is becoming. Has anybody kind of sensed that? You're doing the same stuff, but it seems more overwhelming. I just want to make sure it's not just me. I know, I know it's me and Libby. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're on track. And my wife and I, I mean, we go to bed at night and we get up in the morning thinking, did we just sleep? It's like, it's like the whole world is groaning. All of creation is in this perplexing place, longing to be with God, but yet knowing it has a job to do. I find them, I think more and more about going home. No, I don't have a death wish, folks. But I'm thinking more and more. When I think about my, my daughter, I sit down and say, okay, God, you're the only one who can do this. Doctors can't do this. You can do this. Sam was telling me how his mom's been through five different bouts with cancer, and God has healed her every time. Let's praise the Lamb of God. I've got many friends that I have prayed for. They had cancer at one doctor's appointment. They went the next time. They can't find it. Folks, I understand all of that. But I, I sit down and I think, you know, is the healing all the time the best thing? I'm thinking sometimes going home is the best thing. Now, that's not what I want. That's not what I'm praying. But the reality is when I look at me, I'm thinking, I'm ready. That little voice in the front was my wife. But think about it. Even the world itself is groaning, waiting for the promise. This Ethiopian eunuch, he said, I don't understand all of this stuff, but I'm longing. I'm drawing. And so he purposely made the effort to pursue God, he realized it didn't mean a a warm, reminiscent memory of some revival meeting or some worship seminar, but it was a daily, continual pursuit in the privacy of his chariot going back to Ethiopia. He is studying. He is asking, I don't know what to do. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, God translates Philip to him. If you do a study of where Philip was and where the eunuch was, The only way Philip could get there was supernaturally. And then you notice at the end of it, very purposely, that Philip was taken by the Lord to his next destination, and the eunuch didn't even see him anymore. God will make a way if we are pursuing that way. Can you say amen? Hebrews chapter 4, and I put this scripture in here because I've had many people tell me, say, Pastor, what is the difference with this this person and that person? How come this one seems to be walking on cloud nine and I seem to be walking on the belly of a car somewhere or something? Well, what's going on here? Look what the scripture says. For we have also heard the gospel preached to us just as they did. But look at this. The message they heard was of no value. It was just empty words is what the scripture says. Why? They did not mix it with faith. I know many people that will come to church on Sunday morning and they'll leave the same way they came. 
Folks, I never want to go to church and leave the same way I came. And I'm the pastor. I want to be changed. I want to grow every single time. How about you? See, some hear the same message even in this room, and it'll make different effects on different people, but some it'll make of none effect. Why? There is no faith operating in their lives. This Ethiopian man laid everything on the line. He laid everything aside. He said, I know my job, but my job's not important right now. I got to find out who this is. I know my responsibilities. I'm not shirking my responsibilities, but that's not the important thing right now. Ladies and gentlemen, too many of us make the things of this world more important than they need to be. And if we give it to God and say, God, it's your deal, God would take what seems a burden and lift it as he carries it himself. Secondly, this morning, a man in pursuit of God unequivocally will have a heart after God. This Ethiopian eunuch, he determined that he was going to get to find out who this is. He took time to find out this God he was seeking. The reason the queen of Ethiopia had this man in charge of everything is because this man was honest and he was God-fearing, not caught up in earthly treasures. She knew there was something different about this guy. She probably did not believe in his God, did not believe in the God that he pursued, yet she knew about his character. She knew about the man that he really was, and she put him in charge of everything because he was not caught up in anything. If you and I will get to the place of understanding, yes, We may have everything, but we really possess nothing. It is the greatest spiritual victory in the natural world you'll ever have. Even to this heathen employer, Queen Candace, a man with such a heart as this man was seen invaluable. His heart was in pursuit of God. The question I ask today is ours. Are we? unconditionally, when, when, when we're alone, when we're in a crowd, wherever we are, do people know, yeah, this guy's a little nuts. All he wants to do is be involved with God. That's what they'll say about you. But I tell you what, I'd rather have them say that about me than something else. I remember Jack Klaus, who is president of one of the missions ministries that we support the Christian Motorcycle Association. How many enjoyed when they were with us last month? Was that incredible? Just some of the pictures, some of the things of the millions of dollars they raised and the the thousands of motorcycles they give away. I mean, just all the incredible stuff. It's one of the best missions organizations that I have ever met, just watching the stuff they do. He was telling me a story that I thought about when I was putting this message together and they were at a rally somewhere. Now, I don't remember if he was at this particular rally or not, but I think it was the Hells Angels or the Outlaws or somebody's, some one of those big, bad and ugly groups, you know. Whatever, the, yeah, those groups. 
And they had taken a big old collection for whatever. It wasn't really a collection, but they had this big bucket of money. And they trying to figure out who can watch it. That's pretty bad when you can't trust your own group to watch the money. Said we can't have anyone in this group. They'll steal it. But in the other group, they'll steal it for sure. So they walked up to the CMA folks and threw it in their arms and said, these guys know God. They'll take care of it. I don't remember that's exact words, but that's what they did. Am I right, Jack? Telling the story quasi-close? Okay. Pastors get evangelistic. We can stretch things sometimes. But I just want to, he's in the crowd, so he'll tell us if I'm telling it pretty much like it is. But, but think about it. Like this Ethiopian, 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 try to say that three times fast. This Ethiopian's eunuch's queen, she, probably, she didn't know his God. She probably didn't know anything. But she knew this man knew somebody. And he trusted her with everything because of the character, because this man had a heart that said, I'm going to pursue God. Let me give you a little breakdown. I put it in your notes there. A heart alone sees God, and God alone sees the heart. And these are the three conditions that happen in a Christian heart. Look at it. A Christian can have a natural heart. You say, Pastor, how can they be a Christian and have a natural heart? Because they've just gotten saved. They've just given their heart to Christ. But this heart is still hard. It's bent towards evil. Jeremiah 17 says, the heart is wicked above anything. Who can know it? You might sit here and say, well, I don't have that kind of heart. I've been saved a long time. Start checking your fruit. And you really quick know your root. The second kind of heart is an awakened heart. This is a heart that has been touched by God, but is still not fully changed. We find this picture in the story of the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10. The Bible says he came to the Lord and said, Lord, I've kept the commandments, and and I love God. And and Jesus said, yet this one thing you have a problem with, sell everything you have and follow me. You say, well, I, I don't get that. The problem was, is he was possessed by his possessions. Everything he had, had him. And Jesus said, yeah, your heart's been awakened. Maybe you're here in this room today. Your heart's been awakened. God's touched your heart. But the reality is you have not come to the place of understanding. Though you possess many things, you own nothing. Everything is his. Am I making sense today? The third kind of heart is the pursuant heart or the believing heart. This is the heart that no matter where, when, what, how, they're never turned off by the things of God. Never turned off by hearing God, by desiring God, by wanting to be closer to God. This is the heart of the man who has found he has everything, but he accepts that he possesses nothing. He's found that this is the true key to spiritual success. You see, the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, everyone 
has to choose their world. The God of this world or the world made by our God? We've got to make a choice who we're going to pursue. This Ethiopian eunuch had a believing heart ready to embrace the things of God. I'm reminded of a, of a young man or a man by the name of Zacchaeus. The Bible says he was a very small man. You can find the story recorded in the book of Luke chapter 19. Uh, Zacchaeus was a very small man. So the Bible says Jesus had come to town and, and all the different things that were going on around and Zacchaeus climbed up a tree so he could see him. Everybody laughed because Zacchaeus did this, but Jesus didn't laugh. Zacchaeus was not a well-blessed guy, or well, he was very blessed, but very well-accepted uh, uh, guy. But the reality is Zacchaeus was in this tree. Jesus looks up him, and he sees a man pursuing him. And Jesus' words to him, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house today. Do you hear that? If you're pursuing him, he will come to your house. And ain't no devil in hell can stop him. Many people look at the word revelation and they they become very cautious. Revelation very simply means an enlightening or an disclosure of a divine will or truth of something that was once covered. The Spirit of the Lord revealed to Philip that he was to go to the chariot of the Ethiopian and stay near it. And when he came near to the chariot, he heard the Ethiopian reading the book of Isaiah. You say, Pastor, why is that significant? Once again, this man is pursuing God blatantly, openly. He didn't care who heard him. There's too many times, and I want you to look at me, church. In this day and hour we live, we're so afraid that somebody's going to label us Christian. Most of us have heard the news about the, about the reality TV show. How many watch reality TV? Don't raise your hand, please. Yeah. I've never seen anything real about reality TV. I don't watch it. It's just just the things that I have watched. But anyway, they shut this one show down because the two people were avid Christians and had made statements about their belief. It doesn't have to be a TV show. It can be your job. And we're afraid to be noticed as an avid Christian. So we go along with what everybody's doing. If they're telling dirty jokes, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm there, but I'm not laughing. They go to the bookstore. Well, Pastor, they're my ride. I have to go with them. Why? Why do you have to? I remember when I was working, uh, uh, when we started this church for the first year and a half, I worked at Chase Bank, and I'd worked a few years before that, and I was there, and it was not very long after I started working there that the rest of the bankers would all be huddling at different parts of the building at different times. And I was thinking, well, they got some kind of meeting going on. I didn't, you know, and the manager would be there sometimes. And, and uh, so I'd, I'd walk over there to, to see what was going on. And, and they would tell me, uh, I'd ask them, is there a meeting or something? I said, 
No, no you, don't, you don't want to be here. Why? Because we're talking about things that you don't want to hear. Oh, okay. So I left. If I would have been there and they would have started talking, how many know I would have left anyway? You see, the world has to know that we're pursuing him. If we ever, through us, will have him pursuing them. They've got to see something different in our life. And this eunuch, he didn't care who was listening. He didn't care who was watching. He didn't care who heard the words that he was saying. He said, I want to know this God. I want to understand him. I want to have a relationship with him. Philip was listening. Spirit of the Lord said, come on, get inside the chariot and tell them about what's going on. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, how can they hear unless somebody tells them, somebody guides them? What an open heart. This was not the voice of a haughty, arrogant, self-righteous man, but the voice of one desiring to know God. Let me bring this to a close this morning. Am I making sense? A man in pursuit of God will be open to receive revelation from God. We already talked about what revelation means, but I want to ask you something. Do you believe that maybe, just maybe, God has more for you? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.